Genesis chapter 45. I'm going to read verse 10. Then we'll go to Genesis 46, then Genesis 47, then Exodus 8. And uh, what a passage of Scripture. If you're all ready to read the Word, say amen. Genesis 45 and 10. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near to me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all you have. Go to Genesis 46, verse 28. Now Jacob sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to get directions to Goshen. To get what? Directions to Goshen. And when they arrived in the region of Goshen, Joseph had his chariot made ready and went to Goshen to meet his father Israel. As soon as Joseph appeared before him, he threw his arms around his father and wept a long time. Genesis 47 now, verse 5, Joseph, pardon me, Pharaoh said to Joseph, your father and your brothers have come to you. Verse 6, and the land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best part of the land. Let them live in Goshen. You'll know, that, and if you know any among them with special ability, put them in charge of my own livestock. Verse 27 of Genesis 47. Now the Israelites settled in Egypt in the region of? We've got some, a pattern here. Everybody say Goshen. Goshen. They acquired property there, and they were fruitful and increased greatly in number. Exodus chapter 8, turn there, verse 22, 23, and we'll pray. But on that day I will deal differently with the land of Goshen, where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there, so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. I will make a distinction between my people and your people, this sign will occur tomorrow. Father, thank you so much for what you're going to do. You're awesome. Amen. You may be seated. I've lived in a lot of different places of the world. Well, I can't say it that way. I guess I've lived in a lot of different places in the nation. Maybe not as many as some, maybe more than others. I was born in New York City in St. Vincent's Hospital on 12th Street on the lower, lower east side of Manhattan. And then grew up in Long Island for a period of time. And uh, moved into New York City for a little bit. Went to, went to school in upstate New York. All of those regions are pretty much the same. It was radically different when I moved to California. Moved to California, lived in the Sierra Nevadas. It was an exhilarating time as during the winter there, they would get, no kidding, three and four feet snow dumps. Sometimes five foot. I've seen six foot of snow dump in the Sierra Nevadas. And uh, that's like amazing. Uh, it's impressive. You know, it depends, you know, where you live, the kind of weather you experience, and people are different. I had the great joy of living in Hawaii for 14 years. I've lived in Washington State. I've, I've lived in Long Beach, California. I lived in Southern California. Didn't care for that too much. God help California. Come on, somebody say amen. I've lived in a lot of different places. You know, if you, if you lived in Oregon when Mount St. Helens went off, does anybody live in Oregon when Mount St. Helens cracked? Does anybody remember that? Do you remember where you were when that happened? And the, the, the rescue stories and trees were just lied out like, laid out like an atom bomb went off. You know, where you live depends on, on the weather you'll experience, depends on what you will have happen really in your life. I thank God that I am a United States citizen. I love our nation. I'm so glad I lived here. If you don't love our country, it's because you're ignorant and you've never traveled. I'm just saying. Or maybe you're spoiled and you think that it's better somewhere else. I'm so thankful for other nations too. But I've done a little bit of travel and I remember being gone for months, living in Greece and traveling through France and different places when I was a younger man. I, I literally kissed the ground of LaGuardia when I got, down, got back and I wanted anybody to speak English to me, please. Please speak English to me now. And, uh, it, you know, where you live, it, it, it matters. There's a place that we can live, that we can walk in. It's called Goshen. Now, of course, that's an Old Testament, an Old Testament reference, a place in Egypt. We'll talk about that. 
In, in 19, uh, pardon me, in 2013, Dr. James Morocco came and preached a message about Goshen. Some of you were here, perhaps you remember that. As I was praying and uh, challenged with different things that were before us, I was encouraged about the favor of God on my life. I was encouraged about the favor of God on our church. I was encouraged about the favor of God, the miracle power of God coming down in literally every family I know that's committed to this house. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm telling you the truth. Every family I know, so maybe there's some that I don't know, so all, but all the ones that I know, all the families I know that are committed in serving this house are going through unprecedented breakthrough, increase, blessing, favor, even in the midst of, of fiery darts of the enemy. Because you'll go through things. Listen, you go through things, trials. Some of you might be feeling like you're out in the desert today. You know, maybe you go out and feeling like you're out in the desert. Jesus didn't go out in the desert to be tormented. Come on, he went out in the desert to beat the devil on his home playing field. You know, you know what a home field advantage is? You all know what that is in sports? Yeah, so the devil went out in the, the dry and arid. Uh, Jesus went out, pardon me, to the dry and arid places, and Jesus beat the devil on his home turf. And so even though you're going through difficulty, perhaps tonight, or maybe it's all golden and beautiful, I've got news for you. Obstacles are coming with your name on the front grill. So you just want to be ready when they come and know that God before you, who can be against you, and that he'll bring you into the land and he will bless you. There's a place called Goshen. It's, it's walking in the anointing. It's walking in the power of God. But I've chosen to take these references out of the Old Testament because they're just such beautiful pictures of what we have as New Testament believers if we'll walk rightly before him. Goshen. It seemed that, and you do have notes for you, you can go ahead and fill those in. The name is uncertain. Uh, it seems to be a Semitic name. Uh, you'll see places called Goshen in Joshua 15 and 51 and Joshua 10. We don't really know the meaning of what Goshen means. There are some that say that they do, but really that, that we don't know what Goshen actually means. Uh, it seems it was, it was a place where Joseph lived in Egypt near where Joseph lived in Egypt, and the text describes eight things, and I, as I go through these and give you the scripture reference, I want you to take them and make them yours as a New Testament believer washed in the blood of Jesus, understanding that we have a greater testimony than that of Moses and that of the Old Testament. It's all types and shadows. Come on, Jesus is crucified, rose again on the third day, and when you receive him as your Lord and Savior through repentance, and you, you get baptized, you get filled with the Spirit, you begin to walk in the principles of the Word of God. In, in Romans 12, you don't conform to the pattern of the world, but you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can walk in victory all your life. You can walk in freedom all your life. You can walk in the blessing of God. He will bring streams in the desert he'll make the wilderness a pool i'm telling you god will come through for you over and over and over and over again i've never seen the righteous forsaking beg or begging bread god has come through for me over and over again and i'm just a little baby christian some of you've been serving god a whole lot longer than i have and your testimony's the same as well Come on, I want to live in Goshen. I want to live in the favor. I want to walk in the favor. I'm going to walk in the blessing. Come on, somebody said hallelujah. And though the ugly one might rear his ugly little head, he'll be decapitated by the blood of Jesus, and I'll exert his, the authority that's been given to me to trample on, trample on him and scorpions too. Eight things in the text. Goshen, or you really could just say abiding with Christ. You just say abiding in Christ. And maybe I should have taken more of a New Testament slant. But some of these things that come out are so true and real for us as New Testament believers. So, so living in Goshen, or let me just say the abiding life. The abiding life. Eight things. It's a place of rebuilt relationship. It's a place of, re what are you saying? I'm telling you when you live for God, when you walk with God, He will rebuild the broken relationships in your life. He'll rebuild them. That's just what he does. It's what he's done for me. Anybody else? He'll do that. In Genesis 45, 10, you shall live in the region of Goshen and be near to me. You, your children, your grandchildren, your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. Joseph was alienated from his family. 
understand what's happening here. That it was time for God to bring a reuniting. And he brought them in a place of famine. Joseph was the man. He was brought out of, brought out of the dungeon and prospered there because God was with him. And he had a supernatural ability and a wisdom to discern dreams and, and, and he helped Pharaoh. Nobody could, all the necromancers is what the text says. That doesn't sound good. All the necromancers couldn't come up with the answer to Pharaoh, but Joseph was brought out of, uh, brought out of the, uh, sorry, I'm not only sound sensitive, I'm also light sensitive. So let's just have a praise break. You ready? Ready, set, go. Now that you can read the notes, all right, hopefully that'll help you. What are we talking about? We're talking about Goshen. We're talking about abiding. Joseph was in the dungeon. He passed all kinds of tests, and finally he was brought in one day from the dungeon to second in command of the, the, the biggest, strongest nation in the world. And he was, he was rejected by his family. Don't raise your hand if you've been rejected. He was thrown in a pit. He was abandoned. He was separated for years and years. About 30 years old, he's brought out of the dungeon. Amazing. And he is reunited with his family. The place of Goshen, the place of abiding and living in communion with God day in, day out, obeying his word, living for him, walking in fellowship. God will restore all the broken relationships. Are you serious, Pastor? Yes, I am serious. Now listen, some relationships need to stay broken. You don't let everybody up in your house. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you, you love, you forgive everybody, but not everybody has access. Do you understand? Right? There's Peter, James, and John. Those were the intimate ones. And then the other, the other disciples, but they weren't as close as Peter, James, and John. Listen, some people need to be disfellowshipped. I better move on before I get to preaching pretty quick. Some, some of you guys got Jonah on board. You've heard me say that before. Some of you partnered, yoked with people that are like, you know, Satan's sister or something. I just need to love everybody. You have to have discernment. You, you need wisdom. Come on. Living in Goshen, living in the anointing, living in the power and the presence, the abiding God is a place of provision. A place of what? Provision. Genesis 45, 11. I'll provide for you there because five years of famine is still to come. Wow. Otherwise, you and your household and all that belongs to you become destitute. It's a place of provision. So are you telling me that if I serve God with all my heart, with all my mind, and all my soul, and all my strength, and I abide with Him, will not only heal my relationships, but it'll provide? Yeah, you're catching it. You're catching on. That's exactly what I'm saying. And lots of New Testament references, too. It was a place of restoration. Genesis 46 and 28. Now Jacob sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to get directions to Goshen. Some of you need some directions to Goshen. Directions to Goshen are pretty simple. Repent, receive God's one and only begotten Son who was crucified for you and me. Died on a cruel, on a cruel Roman cross, and on the third day he rose again in fulfillment in accordance with the Scriptures. You need to repent, you need to receive Jesus. But, but if that was it, then you would drop dead the second you prayed the prayer. So that's not it. That's, not it. that's how you get to heaven. There's no other way. But then he leaves you here. Why? So you can learn and grow and be discipled and so that you can live and walk in the favor and the blessing of God. Why? So you can tell your auntie, so you can tell your brother, so you can reach your neighbor, so that your, your kids can be daily directed and raised up. Come on, God wants to raise up a mighty generation. If you were supposed to pass away and just go straight to heaven, heaven is not the, it's not the goal of everything. Yeah, 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 when you die, you're going to go there. Yeah, don't, don't look at me like I'm a heretic. If that was it, then you'd croak the second you prayed the sinner's prayer, and you really meant it. Boom, you'd die. No, he's, he's forming into his image. He's, he's transforming you. Why? So that you can be a city on a hill. So you, you can hold out the word of truth and shine like stars in the firmament so he could use you. He's teaching you to rule and reign so that when you show up and you lay hands on people, you'll see them recover. You'll speak with new tongues. Nothing the enemy sends your way will harm you. And that you will be used as a trophy of the grace of God. That when people see you, they're like, man, what's he had? You're like, Goshen. Come on, say, I got Goshen. Say it. Say it like an attitude. And cock your head a little bit. And say, I got some Goshen. It's a picture of walking in favor. Picture of, picture of the blessing of God. It's a place of restoration. So it's a place of, number one, 
rebuilt relationship, place of provision, place of restoration. Anybody need some restoration? It was a place where they could do what they were called to do. I love this. This is awesome. Let them live in Goshen. This is Genesis 47 and 6b. And some of you don't know what I mean by that. If there's, if there's a couple sentences or two sentences in a verse, the first part would be A, and the second part is B. So, all right, here we go. Let them live in Goshen. And if you know any among them with special ability, put them in charge of my livestock. Here's the thing. These Israelites were shepherds. That is what they did. And to be a shepherd is, is, it was not a really glamorous job. They, they smelled like sheep. They looked like sheep. They may have even dressed like sheep. The point is, it wasn't glamorous. And in the New Testament, they weren't even counted to be, to, to be able to testify. And so what happened here is, is that the acknowledgement of their special ability to keep flocks, they were called to be shepherds. Isn't it wonderful that when you're living in the blessing and the favor, when you're living in Goshen, the Goshen factor, you can actually do what you've been created to do. Every one of you has a unique calling and gifting and an assignment. Everyone here has an assignment from God. Every single person. Every single person here has an assignment. And to fulfill your divine assignment, you're going to have to abide with Him. You're going to need God's power, God's presence, God's anointing. You're going to have to grow and, and, and change the way that you think. You're going to have to tear down strongholds and, and be filled with the Spirit and ask God to lead you and guide you and direct you. And when you abide in Him, when you when you got the Goshen factor going on, you'll walk right into your destiny doing exactly what God called you to do. That's an encouraging thing. It's a place of fulfillment. All right, number five. It was the best of the land, the best place for them to be. Listen, when you're walking with God and you're, and you're spending time with Him, you're abiding, you're not doing things to break that fellowship with Him. You're abiding with God. That's the best place to be. And if you end up in an outpost of hell, you know, on the outskirts of hell in a, in a, in a, with a honey bucket and a squirt gun, that's the place that you should be. You don't, don't know what honey buckets are? We're in Alaska, honey buckets. Okay, that's a cute little term for a toilet made out of a five-gallon bucket, okay? Because you got no running water. So if you're on the outskirts of hell in an outhouse on a honey bucket with a squirt gun, that's the best place to be. You can trust God to lead you. <laughs> hey, you can trust God to lead you right where you need to be. six they owned their lands it was a place of possession Genesis 47 and 22 however he did not buy the land of the priest because they received a regular allotment from Pharaoh and had enough food for the allotment of Pharaoh that gave them that is why they did not sell their land but he gave the land they had this land of Goshen was given to God's people wow they prospered there they what now I just preached on this I just preached on prospered for a purpose on Sunday all right don't look at me down your nose and think I'm just talking about money I am not just talking about money but it absolutely includes provision which could resources which you know I don't care how much money you have you out there on the bush and you don't have some meat buddy you can have you could have 50 50 bucks if you want to I remember hearing a story 50 bucks don't get you some meat sometimes you know what I'm telling you there's nobody to take it from you I remember when I first got here we went salmon fishing it was really um, very humorous uh, for Bob Jewett, my dear friend, took us salmon fishing. And uh, it was, I guess we were sort of used to going to the beach, you know, so we sort of treated it like that. You know, we had, we had our little chairs, and we had a little umbrella, and we had, uh, of course, our, uh, our little, you know, fishing rods, and we had our little dog, Grace, and... Uh, we had our two beautiful children, my wife, and then I had a bag. In fact, one arm is still longer than the other from carrying this bag because it was filled with so much stuff. And uh, then we had a little pop-up tent. We're talking going fishing on the little Sioux. Are you getting the picture? Okay, then we had, like, clothes and camo and boots and whatever. And, and uh, I mean, we had, when we got out of the car, 
my dear brother Bob was standing there with a small backpack and a fishing pole. That's how I go now, but I didn't know back then. He's standing there, and he's like, he looks at me like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and we, we hiked, through the, hiked through the woods and, and got to that fishing place. You know, I'm going to tell you that I've got no idea what I'm saying, so I need to look at my notes. Hold on a second. I, I, I don't know. It's a good story, though. Oh, I got it. 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 Thank God for notes. Come on, Haggerty. I was told, and then the mosquitoes moved in. The, the, the mosquitoes moved in. Uh, maybe they were there already, and we moved in. I'm not sure, but they got so bad. And my wife is kind of a purist. Some of you know what I'm talking about. She's, she's at home. God bless you. She, she had uh, a homemade concoction of, you know, mosquito repellent because you don't want to spray DEET on you and get, you know, some skin disease or something. So we had a homemade concoction that she made of some sort of herbs and essential oils. And really what it was was a marinade is really what it was. Because then I, I put that stuff on, I slapped myself down. And I'm going to tell you, I got a serious landing spot for, for uh, you know, the state bird, mosquitoes. By the time I got so chewed up, I said, Bob, give me some of that deep, man. I just wanted to dip, I wanted to do a deep dip. You know what I'm talking about? And then even then, okay, now they're not biting me, but it was really intense. And I think that's when he told me a story of being out in different places of Alaska and people would pay you like a hundred bucks for a mosquito net. That you know those ones that just wear over your head, and you and they won't sell it to you. You can't buy a mosquito net for a hundred bucks. But come on, the place of provision means not that you have money. It has you. How many of you know you have all the money in the world? But if you were going to get killed by mosquitoes, you needed the net. You didn't need the money. You needed the net. Place of provision is you have what you need when you need it to be generous on that very occasion. That's what that means. And it was a place of provision. A, a place of provision. They prospered there. Amen. It was a place of protection, Exodus 8, 22. But on that day, I'll deal differently in the land of Goshen. Come on, someone say, I don't know what's going on out there altogether. Come on, say it. I don't know what's going on out there altogether, but I am blessed. Say it. I'm blessed. And the blessing should be so big that you should share it and it should expand. I'll deal differently with my people. No swarms of mosquitoes. It says flies, but I thought I'd throw that in will be there so that you'll know that I and the Lord am in this land. One of the evidences that God is with you, listen, listen, y'all, listen. One of the evidences that God is with you is that you overcome everything all the time. Now, all the time doesn't mean this second. Is there anybody besides me in a battle? Yeah, we're in a battle. Well, that's right. We're in, we're in a battle. And we're contending. And God comes through daily giving you what you need, daily giving us our daily bread, daily providing for us, daily protecting for us, day in, day out. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. towel don't, come on, don't be dis discouraged. Know that God will bring you through. It's evidence of the anointing in your life. Oh, yeah, you might battle sickness. But listen, you're going to overcome. You're going to get healed. I'm telling you, no matter what you're facing, if they've given you a terminal report, you're going to get healed. How do you know that? Because there's no sickness in heaven. We'll contend for it here on the earth. I don't know why sometimes people don't get healed. And other times, where's Carol? Carol, wave me. Where are you at, Carol, with the new knees? What's up? She got healed. Running around, couldn't walk with it. Run around doing laps up and down the stairs on Sunday, up here dancing. You still feeling good? And, and, you're, and you're, you're, uh, the dizziness thing, what's that called? Vertigo. Vertigo's gone? All gone. So God healed you, right? He did. And you, you know what? You look different. You look different. And she's believing for healing in her ears, right? Father, in, in Jesus' name. Ears open. Deafness go. And heal her back too. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. That's why it's called the good news. 
What's good news to a broken person? You can be whole. What's good news to a sick person? You can be healed. What's good news to a depressed person? You can be happy. I smile because I'm happy. Listen, you ought to have, if you don't have joy in your life as a believer, I'm telling you, something's really wrong. Something's wrong if you don't have joy. Oh, yeah, you know, they go through trials, go through difficulties, face sickness, infirmity. We're surrounded at times, pressed but not crushed. God will bring us through. You can begin to smile now because God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. Sickness, infirmity, poverty, and disease has no right to you. You need to learn to walk in that place of Goshen. Abide with God. Oh, it might take you a little bit to get through, and sometimes this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting, but if you'll settle in your heart, I will submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee, then he will flee. And if he's still hanging around, then you ain't done submitting, and you're not done resisting. That's just how that is. So many people throw in the towel before they get the breakthrough. Not me. I got the Goshen factor. Come on, somebody say, I got the Goshen factor. Say it. I, yeah, God's with me. Place of protection. Oh, Exodus 9. Verse 25. Hail struck down everything that was in the field. And all the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And the hail struck down every plant of the field and broke every tree of the field. Except in Goshen. No hail there. No darkness there. No, no famine there in Goshen. God prospered them. It's, it's a picture of the abiding life. It's a picture of dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. That's where I'm going to live. How about you? That is where I live. I'm going to stay there. Why do we need to live in Goshen? Very simply, the future is uncertain. No, I mean like future economically, let's say. Okay, things are booming right now. No, no, they really are. Across America, things are booming. Is it going to stay that way? I hope so. We all like booming economy. Does anybody else like booming economy? Eight or ten of you like the booming economy. If it wasn't, how many of you remember the 80s when the oil market popped, the bubble popped? Do you remember the 80s when, when land prices plummeted? Do you remember that? You know, we don't like that so much. But, but we, we're, we're not in control of that. We do our part. Listen, I'm participating in another economy. It's the economy of heaven because I'm a tither. I tithe. So God's going to come through for me. I'll have a mosquito net when I need one. Come on, somebody say amen. And even though you might make a mistake and, and, and make a marinade for yourself, like Pastor Karen lovingly tried to keep us, and she does an awesome job, but I needed some deed up in the house. You know what I'm talking about? God had my back. I love you, Pastor Karen. You're awesome. We don't know what's going to happen geopolitically. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen culturally, although I'm believing for a great revival. It's very clear. It's very clear to me that our culture is dying and damned. And unless God raises up you and your children and multiplies that many hundreds of thousands of times over, then we won't see the breakthrough our nation needs. We need an awakening in our country. And, and it has to happen family by family. That starts with, with you. It starts with you. So when, when, you're, when, you're, when you're tempted to compromise, listen, think about it this way. When you're tempted to compromise, you're tearing down America too. You're tempted to lie and not pay your bills and do the right thing. When, you, when you're tempted to do that, you're just a part of doing that. Come on, and we've all done those things. We've all, you, Pastor? Yeah, a while ago. We've all, anybody fall short today? I did. I got a spirit of irritation. I got real frustrated. Oh, you guys never got frustrated. Oh, it was, it got some challenges, you know? Prayed through, took a cat nap, woke up, felt much better. How many, some of you need to take a nap, you crabby, you crabby. I'm tired, not eating right. Well, spiritually, turn to Revelation 9, watch this. Here's a text for you. Revelation 9. And the fifth angel sounded his trumpet. It's the amplified version. And I saw a star. And 
angelic being that had been fallen from heaven. Are you all there? Revelation 9. Pay attention. Ready? I'm not going much longer. Hang in there. Did somebody say amen? You're not going longer. What's up with that? Be healed. Sub. That was cold. I'm like, oh. Okay, man, hallelujah, praise God. Close right now. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Listen, I got to stop a second. You, whoever that was, God bless you. He sort of spurred, put, give me a shove. You tell me the average man, the male, watches six hours of TV every day. So, so and then by some new reports, there's people watching 60 hours. They go and watch TV more then they go to work. Netflix, Hulu, they were watching all that stuff, reruns of everything, watching it over and over, and not to mention YouTube and the little makeup channel or the golf channel or the, or the you know, the whatever channel you're watching. The cooking channel. You're feeling convicted right now, aren't you, Pastor Vince? We should talk after. We come to church. Most people come. Now, you're here on a Wednesday night. I mean, I'm preaching in the choir. You're here on a Wednesday night. We're never going to cancel our Wednesday night, and I'm not canceling my Sunday night either. But we will add another service. We added the 1 o'clock service. I don't know. We had 50, 60 people here. We had, a bunch, we had new visitors. It's going to keep growing, the 1 o'clock. Why would we do that? Because in a culture of 60 hours of TV a week, you come to church maybe once, and some of you come more, and praise God. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just saying, if you're hearing the word for 35 minutes once a week, and, you die, and you're in the front of 60 hours of TV, not me, I only do 30. Good enough. Okay, so you're half the national average. So you watch 30 hours. Well, you righteous person, you. 30 hours. You tell me who's discipling you. You tell me what you're hearing most of. It's not 30 hours of the word. It's not 30 hours of prayer. Are you telling me I need that? I'm just telling you what you hang out with, you will become. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. And I don't know how you're going to walk and abide and dwell and live in a place called Goshen when you're all hooked up with days of the idiots for like 20 hours a week watching over and over and over and over reruns over and over and over and that's not even including FaceTime and Twitter and and all that other stuff all right revelation come on somebody say preach on all right Woo. revelation 9 fifth angel sounded we read that saw star angelic being we read that fallen from heaven to the earth and the key to the bottomless pit the abyss was given to him the star angel he opened listen he opened the bottomless pit and smoke like the smoke of a great furnace flowed out of the pit and the sun and the atmosphere were darkened by the smoke from the pit then out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth and power to hurt was given them like the power which the urges of scorpions have. They were told not to hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but to hurt only the people who do not have the seal, mark of ownership, protection of God on their forehead. You hear a lot of talk about 666, you hear a lot of talk about the beast, you hear a lot of talk about the end and the Illuminati and all of that stuff, and I'm telling you, it's just going to be a creep show if you focus on that. Listen, focus on heaven. Have the mark of God on your head. Have God's mark on your head. Be sealed with the power of the Arabon of the Holy Spirit. Get overwhelmed by his presence and his power because no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I will, I will all powers given to give it to you to trample on scorpions. It's a scorpion-like thing. If he says that happened yet, I actually think this has already happened. I don't know. I'm not a scholar out of the book of Revelation. I'm still working on it. But there are demonic hordes running everywhere and we need God to rise up and, and, and God to rise up big on the inside of us to live in a place of Goshen, to abide with God. To, the Goshen factor is favor, protection, blessing, restoration. Come on, mosquito net when you need it. The Lord's coming soon. Clearly. Say, so what about that? 
Well, he's coming soon, and I don't want to miss the harvest. We are here on point in time. God's outside of time. I don't know when he's going to return. I just feel like a teenager in ministry. I don't know what you feel like. I feel like I just got started. I, fr frankly, I don't want him to come just yet. I'm not ready. I want to do something. I want to do something. I want to make a dent. Does anybody else want to make a dent? I want to reach the lost. I want to reach the lost. I want to preach the gospel. I want to be 120 preaching, praying, prophesying, strong as a bull, just like Pastor Alex. Come on. You're not 120, are you, Pastor? You're strong as a bull, though. Hallelujah. The Lord's coming soon. All right. You can walk in the Goshen factory. You can live in a place called Goshen. The first thing is, as we apply this now, be in covenant with the living God. I told you about that. You got to get saved. You got to what? You got to get what? Saved. You have to be forgiven. You need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the first thing. And, and, and secondly, you need to be a worshiper. It's interesting in Genesis 46 and 1, so Israel set out with all that he had. Now, Israel is Jacob, but Jacob got a name change, right? Jacob got a name change to Israel when he wrestled with the angel of the Lord, and he got touched in his hip. And he went from deceiver or usurper to prince of God. It's a picture of salvation, really. And the first thing he does is he goes to reach, he reaches Beersheba in Genesis 46, and he offered sacrifices to God for his father Isaac. It's a multi-generational outpouring. Listen, if somebody told you it's just a youth you're having a revival, they're going to have a revival, they're totally wrong. All of us are relatively young. If you're 80-something, you're still young. Come on, somebody, according to the, you know, the ancient of days, right? It's a, it's a generational outpouring. Sons and daughters from afar. The Holy Spirit will be poured. It will come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. On my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. It's a multi-generational move of God, and it always has been in Scripture. You know, covenant, being a worshiper, means, it means going to church. But it's not just going to church. It means worshiping in your car, worshiping at home. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle of worship. It means being a committed tither and a good steward. Right, write it in your notes. Being a what? A committed tither. You'll see that Jacob, Israel, was a tither. All of the patriarchs were tithers. This is before the law. It's before the law. Abraham instinctively tithed to Melchizedek, a priest without, without lineage. I believe a theophany priest of Salem it's a picture it's Jesus and he instinctively gave 10% to him it's before the law it's before Moses and the Ten Commandments it's before that and then Jesus taught on it I mean you got to work really hard to talk yourself out of being a tither it really the problem is people have a greed problem and you know what makes me really irritated is if people try to take a moral high ground like they understand the word more and so we're not supposed to tithe because oh shut up I've really studied and I, no well, you have a greed problem and I said well, it's grace it's grace it's not it's not 10% all right I might go with that it's at a bare minimum 10% so once you see if you can end up giving them 90 try that be a good steward you know you could tithe and not take care of what he's given you and you'll end up not in a place of Goshen some of you some of you go through retail therapy on a regular basis. So you're like hurting and you're like, oh, this is terrible. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let me buy something else. Yes, Amazon. Praise the Lord. Oh, it's coming and the package comes and it's a stack. It's your thing. Oh, I just feel so ministered to. Sure is quiet in this Presbyterian church. starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Not really. It's just conviction. You, you, you need to be a good steward. Can you be a better steward of what God's given you? How do you expect God to give you more when you can't handle what he already gave you? Praise break. Hear the voice of God. Hear the voice of the Lord and obey. Hear the voice of the Lord and obey. Exercise your giftings. 
what giftings, whatever gifts you have, use them. Use them. Serve. Find a place to serve here. Find a place to serve. We need help. We need help in everything. I need more ushers. I need more greeters. I need more life group leaders. How, how do we do that? You, you know, get going through the Discover track. Get plugged in. We need help with KSM, right? Yeah. We need help with youth, help with children. I need more children's workers. Amen is an application process, and so there should be. So you go through a vetting, and we'll do FBI background checks. And how many of you think that's a great thing? So if you're not going to pass that, don't apply. But, but others of you need to apply. You need to apply. You, you need to be a part of it. Come on, you can pass out a napkin, right? Can you smile? Smile. Just smile. Like, let me see your teeth. Oh, hey. Some of you are like, I haven't done that in a while. Your face is not going to crack and fall off. Go ahead, try it. Ready? Go ahead. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, smile at the person next to you. Say, smile. <laughs> Some people are like, Get involved. We need help with our worship team. We need more worship people. We will be many thousands of people and we'll never lose our hometown small church feel. You know why? Because you're going to be like that to everybody that comes in here. Amen? That's how you do it. Come on, somebody say, I got the Goshen factor. Say it. Uh -huh. Live at peace. Pastor Alex really enjoyed that little peace thing you did. It was good. Live at peace. Forgive. Be forgiven. Be reconciled. Everybody say, be reconciled. And lastly, let God restore every area of your life. These are the promises that we see here in Goshen, which is a type and a shadow for the New Testament believer that walks with Jesus. If you're not walking with Jesus, I implore you, I plead with you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to him. Oh, I thank God I gave my life to Christ. It's a, we can't take any credit. I mean, he did it. He's the one that put it on our heart, you know. He's, he's, the, one that, he's the one that caused you to run to the altar on, on Easter when you did your heart was beating within your chest. He's the one that made you even think about thinking about him. God is at work all across this great land. Raise your expectancy to know that maybe you're here and you've only been in church here for a few months. Maybe you've been here for six months. I've known people that have come into the church and in the course of two years, they have greater favor, greater blessing, greater maturity, greater discernment, greater handle of the Word of God than somebody who's been in the church for 15. You say, why is that? I think it's hunger. You know, I don't know. I, mean, I just pray that God just makes us all so hungry that we would just contend and we would lay hold of and knock down the, the TV, the 60 hours, and begin to long for Him. Listen. Can you imagine like John, the revelator, on the day of the Lord, a door opens up in heaven. And a voice he hears that says, John, come up, I want to show you something. Pretty intense quiet time. Some of you don't experience God's power and the release of his supernatural in your life because the enemies used other things to seduce you, to pull you away from that you're tied up with things that don't really matter. I've, I've, I've had the challenges in my own life. I mean, you, you have to be focused and not be distracted by this. It's a wonderful tool, but it's also can be a real, a real undermining assignment from the enemy when God's trying to get you. And then I don't do notifications mostly. Let me say, you didn't answer my text. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not married to my phone. I'll get to it. I mean, I try. Some of you have so many notifications, you, you almost killed yourself in your car a number of times. Ding, 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 ding. It's like, a, it's like a, every ding is, is the knockout punch, you know? You did. What are you saying? I'm telling you there's a place of abiding favor, protection, and restoration. It's for every single person here. But you've got to do your part. But has it hasn't happened for me yet. Well, shoot, you messed up your life for 15 years. You come to Jesus, and now for six months you saved, and now you think it hadn't happened yet. Smile at me. I'm preaching good. 
that it will happen. Be patient. Plus, if he gave it all to you right now, you'd probably smoke that too. You'd probably waste that too. Anybody know when you get something right away, you don't have the kind of appreciation for it when you really had to like wait and contend. You know, God's doing something in you, in me, that doesn't take 15 seconds. So you save for 30 seconds and you want the 15 years of blessing, favor, and prosperity and all of that. He's building something in you that in the age to come, you get rewarded. He wants to reward you now, but listen, you're in, a, you're in an internship. However long you live, saving 70, 80 years, it's an internship so that you can learn to rule, bless you, rule and reign, bless you, with Christ. That's what it's all about. Some of you are in school. We're all in school. We're all being schooled. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. I'm done. Lord, we want to live and abide with you. Holy Spirit. Come on, just begin to talk to God. Stand up if that helps you. Whatever, tune your satellite dish to heaven. Come on, lift your voice. Those of you online, come on, there's another place of favor that God wants to bring you into. There's another place of restoration and healing divine. There's a place, there's a place in God where the yoke is broken and, the, and destroyed. Come on, God wants to touch you, wants to anoint you afresh. He wants you to have your eyes open to the understanding that you are His chosen, precious people. Peculiar, called out of darkness into this marvelous light. That no longer does sin have a hold on you. That you can be free. You can be healed. You can be filled. You can be his ambassador. His minister of reconciliation to a lost and a broken and a dying world. You are his, his vessel. Cleanse from the former things. Some of you are not cleansed because you didn't like repent. Repent. Come on, repent. Ask God to cleanse you. Wrong thoughts, attitudes, anger. Some of you need to repent. Poor stewardship or non-tithing. Come on, you do your part. God, wash us and cleanse us. Put your finger on things on the inside of us, Lord, that displease you, that would remove us from the place of Goshen. That would put your finger on things that would remove us from the place of the full blessing of God. Because we want everything you have. And our nation needs people to live in the Goshen factor. Our nation needs people who can bring the miracle power of God. Who can shake hands and keep their word even when it hurts. Our nation needs integrity restored. Righteousness restored. God, touch us this, this evening. Touch us right now. You have the freedom to pray in the spirit. Go ahead. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, that's me. I don't know if I'm going to heaven if I die tonight. Well, you can. You want to receive Jesus tonight for the first time or make a recommitment to him. If that's you online, those listening by YouTube, even at a later date, those here under the sound of my voice in the auditorium, you want to get right with God first time or make a recommitment. All across this place, if that's you, slip your hand up on the count of three. One, two, do it now. Three, lift your hand high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. All right. I never want to embarrass anybody. Certainly want to protect your dignity. But if you're serious about getting right with God, for real, you raised your hand or you didn't, but you know you need to get right with God. Meet me right here. Just come. Come right now. We're going to pray all together. Come on, come. They're coming down the aisles. They're coming from all over. You won't be alone. Come on, come. Come on, get right with God. You're not promised tomorrow. None of us are. Today is the day of salvation. This is the moment that you have. You say, well, I'm not ready. Yeah, the devil makes sure you're not ready. Come on, come. Come on, you're not promised tomorrow. Get out of your seat if you need to be here. I know I'm being forceful. The value of your soul is, is crucial. You need to get right with God. Come on, put your hands together for all of these, won't you? Come on, it's all right. Good, good. Yeah. Come on in here, sweetheart. Come a little closer. Let's pray. Those online, those here, we're all going to pray as an affirmation of our faith.
For those of you that have come up front, you're getting right with God for the first time or recommitment, right out loud, say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Thank you for loving me and thank you for hearing my prayer. pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray, fill and touch thee. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Fill and touch right now. Holy Spirit, touch. Break every bond, break every chain. Break every bond, break every chain. In the name of Jesus. Fill them full of your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. we got some leaders around you guys that we're going to help you grow in the things of God. If you'll just let us take a few moments with you church while they're doing that did you get something from the lord did you get something from god all right all right good please continue to pray for good weather with our building project you don't want to miss all the things that are taking place take these hotter than hell posters and tickets and get them out everywhere also pumpkin patch coming up we need more candy 1200 pounds we're trying to bring in of candy and also i commend you many of you gave to our our special vision offering and uh, very thankful for that. About $25,000 came in. I'll tell that again on Sunday. We're grateful. Amen. Lots of people pledging and believe in God. Isn't God great? Did you get encouraged tonight? Let me close in, in a blessing. Father, thank you. Bless your people, O God. Cause your face to shine upon us, Lord. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. And remove everything in our lives that would separate us from the full-orbed blessing of the kingdom of God. That we would see restoration, we would see healing, we would see deliverance, we would see everything we saw in these texts. The full blessing of God would come upon us. Not one of our family would be unsaved. They would be delivered. There'd be no depression, no addiction, no suicide. God, we declare the blessing of God over us, the Goshen factor upon us for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Don't miss this weekend. It's going to be amazing.